Sean Levine will step in the ring with Brennan Tobin and you're gonna fight me? Fight me! Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. Get over here! Yeah, pay attention. This is the segment where I uh, run BT over like a train, as you might say. Welcome back into the BetQL Network. With Jake and Brendan, I am Sean Levine. It's time for a little, you're going to fight me. Put that mouthpiece in, BT. You're going to fight me if I tell you that I'm over these Apex fights, bro. Like, it feels like they've pretty much got COVID under control. Fans are back in all these other sports. Let's stop doing this in front of these little audiences in front of the Apex and get back to real UFC fight nights. Uh... I'm fine with it every now and then. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, do they could they really sell out a building with Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos? I think that is one thing that they have learned is that they can do a lot of these fights cheap and have it at their apex. And, you know, they're not the, the, the most stacked cards in the world, certainly. Like, they're definitely doing more work on their pay-per-views than they have for the apex fights. But I'm, I'm okay with it. For, for a night like tonight, I don't, need a, I don't need that big crowd. Every once in a while, it's cool to change it up. And uh, certainly Jamal Hill has been a uh, comfortable fight in there. Come to Kansas City, baby. We'll take us a Jamal Hill, Tiago Santos Saturday night, and we'll get like 16,500 up in that bad boy. Uh, you guys, uh, you, guys claiming, you guys claiming Moreno now? Like, is that, a, is, is, is he, your, uh, is he getting a parade in Kansas City? Definitely, dude. Like, if you train with the James Krause or even talk about Kansas City, if you take a flight to Atlanta, but you stop in Kansas City along the way, then we'll go ahead and claim you. So, yes, absolutely, Brandon Moreno, champion and one of our own. Um, Jeff Neal, part of tonight's co-main event, used to work at Texas Roadhouse. You're going to fight me if I tell you that that's the most underrated stake in the game? Wow. That's a hell of a question by you. Most under it. I'm just I gotta saying. Tell you, I, 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 I know it's not I gotta, very expensive, I, but it's, it's good. Damn good. I got to tell you, I like Texas Roadhouse. It's very good. But I will say, they spice the hell out of it, and it's a rough day in the bathroom afterwards. It's good going down, but uh, you're going to have you're gonna have yourself a battle afterwards. So I'm going to fight you on that. If they, if they didn't have such bad repercussions for eating Texas Roadhouse steak, then yes, but they do. Who's got the best pregame rolls? Is it Texas Roadhouse? Is it Olive Garden or is it Red Lobster? That's the real question. Man. I'm gonna go with Olive Garden. I still I'm still a sucker for the breadsticks, but the Texas Roadhouse has good rolls. They really, really do. How could you miss both of those? Like, yes, it was an opinion question, but you screwed it up royally. The answer we were looking for is Red Lobster. Good day, nah. sir. Um Juliana Pena did not look good in the second fight. Would you fight me if I said that she didn't earn a third title fight? Well, she did it with that performance. Certainly she earned it because she she's one and one, like she finished Amanda Nunes. So no, she didn't do anything to earn a fight against Amanda Nunes other than look tough as hell, which by the way, I will say one thing that did bother me about the, the broadcast. I do feel like as much as I respect the toughness, I do feel like when somebody gets their ass whooped as bad as that, I do feel like DC and Joe Rogan are very guilty of let's be impressed with the person getting beat really, really badly and, and admire their toughness more so than the person who is doing the but I feel like it takes away from the performance almost of Amanda Nunes that they were praising Juliana's toughness 
more so than they did Amanda Nunes, uh, you know, this great performance that she was putting forth when, you know, there were people writing her off or saying that she was over the hill or didn't have the, 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 the it factor anymore, or the guts anymore to do it. And for her to beat her, th- you know, thoroughly outside of like a, 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 a hair of a, a submission attempt, I just feel like you're missing something when, when we're praising somebody losing a fight that bad. I understand what you're saying, and it's a decent point. I'll disagree because I feel like you put a little bit too much stock into a quick finish. You always talk about the way that Aldo was finished by Conor McGregor, and yeah, that Aldo didn't you know, have the chin. He wasn't able to go multiple rounds. He wasn't even able to go multiple minutes. How can he be the greatest of all time? Well, there's got to be something to be said for being able to hang around in a fight, especially when you know that somebody like Amanda Nunes is a finisher, right? In the past, she's shown that she's not one of these ladies just getting in there to outpoint you. She's getting in there to beat you up. She'll knock you out. She'll choke you out. She can beat you in a million different ways. So I do think that Juliana Pena did deserve the credit. I also think that Amanda was a little bit undersold with the performance that she had because in the words of Eminem, that was an old-fashioned, passionate ass-whooping. She got her shoes, coat, and her hat took in the case of Juliana Pena. It wasn't even close. Yeah, I'm with you, man. She uh, she she beat her thoroughly every which way in that one. And it's like, look, I I don't think that Julian doesn't deserve any credit for being able to be that tough and not get finished. But I don't think it should take over the broadcast. It shouldn't be like, oh my God, Julian is you're, you're you're outweighing the greatness over toughness. And I think that greatness should be uh, should be just a cut above toughness. And they and they made it seem like Juliana's heart was more impressive than Amanda's performance. Uh, last night, I watched Fight Club with the lady. You're going to fight me if I tell you that it's kind of an overrated movie. Not going to fight you on it. I've only seen it a couple times. Um, you know, uh, they, you, you, got the, you got the classic lines in there for sure. But, you know, I, I don't even think in fight movies, I don't think it's top four. Not even, not even close because first you have Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 4, and then Rocky 5. Okay. Well, I think you missed a couple in there, but I don't have a problem with throwing in a couple of Rockies. Yeah, um, Jake is looking I, at me that. So Rocky, Rocky Five is wildly un, uh, wildly underrated, Jake, because people don't really understand the mishaps of, of boxing management and the pitfalls that it has on these fighters. And that's what Balboa was trying to, or what Sylvester Stallone was trying to depict in the film. It was, it was way above its time, if you really think about it. So people will go and they'll say it's a terrible movie because it wasn't a real Rocky fight. He was fighting in the streets. But if you really think about it, we're talking about the pitfalls of the game. I mean, it was it was very deep, and I have to respect it. Siskel and Ebert both give your take two thumbs down. That was ridiculous. That's what did you think of? <laughs> um, what did you think of Creed while you're giving us all these takes? What did you think of that movie? Loved Creed. Uh, Creed two tried to do too much. They got they got too too much going on in there. Did you see that that like Sylvester Stallone had a huge call out of uh of um what the hell is his name of of Drago this week because apparently they're going to make a Drago spinoff and he's not even involved in the film and so he's very upset about it and so uh, Dolph Lundgren had to come out that's the dude's name and he's like I didn't know Rocky I didn't know that you didn't know and so we could be having a real fight between Dolph and Sylvester Stallone that could be happening. This has gotten a little uh, ridiculous. It's called You're Gonna Fight Me here on the BetQL Network. Don't worry, we'll get back into the real stuff and try to make some money before we get out of here in a few minutes. Before we tap out, we'll give you the method of the madness. We'll try to get parlayed 
this year, Saturday night, and then uh, we'll go ahead and recap all the fights that are going down tonight in Las Vegas inside the Apex at UFC 59. But while we're talking about fictional fights, you're going to fight me if I tell you that Mortal Kombat is a much better fight video game than Street Fighter. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, man. No, I think it's better. It was more graphic. So I liked that when I was a kid. I liked having the blood. Fatalities are cool. I mean, you know, you'd have all this way. Scorpion, you know, but who was the guy with the spiky hair? Was that the coolest guy that you had in Street Fighter? I guess you had the guy with the eight arms. He was kind of cool. Is that Ken or Ryu? Either way, I feel like it, uh, it, it, it crossed over better, whether you were playing at the crib or at the arcade. I feel like Mortal Kombat was the better one. However... And I know you're not going to fight me on this. The best fight video game of all time, even to this day, the original NES Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. You going to fight me? No. That's a, that's an obvious answer. Wait, next right, question. Making sure. All right. Um, you going to fight me if I tell you that Evander Holyfield was a better boxer than Lennox Lewis? Uh, yeah, Lennox, Lennox, is just, Lennox doesn't get his due, man. I know he wasn't the most exciting fighter in the world, certainly, and I would have liked to fight, uh, have him fight Vitaly Klitschko at the end, but Lennox Lewis was just, for, for a real big guy, how good he was with that jab. Um, just such a difficult guy to figure out. I know he was kind of boring. Um, Vander's definitely, I think, more notable. I think he's got more memorable things, but I think, like, toe for, uh, just, just uh, fighter for fighter, uh, Lennox was better all around. What about Lennox or Deontay Wilder? Just came in the head. Which one do you think's got a better career? Oh, Lennox Lewis. But Deontay Wilder's fun. Like I, I feel like Deontay Wilder is underappreciated because there's very few guys that you know what they're gonna do when they go in there, and he's still able to do it. Like every and, and he's done it against good boxers too. Like Luis Ortiz, like definitely outclassed him in the boxing game, but he still found a way to fight that right hand right, right, hand right onto his head and put him away. Um, his crime is what? He's not better than Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a generational heavyweight. Did you see earlier this week who he ran into talking about Deontay Wilder? Or I shouldn't say I yeah. guess ran into him. Yeah, Deontay was yeah. training and uh, old Francis Ngannou came up to give him a, oh, how you doing? We keep talking about the dream fight, at least for some, the crossover matchup that would be Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. Maybe those guys behind the scenes, maybe they met up in the bathroom and they were like, hey, you want to go at it? We can make a bunch of money. Can you imagine if we saw Francis Ngannou when he gets healthy fighting the Bronze Bomber? I think that'd be a much more fun fight. I would be if you told me like what's going to be more entertaining. I think it's Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou more so than Tyson Fury versus first of all, entertaining the closer in size. or you think that entertaining or you think less one sided? Are you saying that you think that there's a chance Ngannou could actually beat Deontay Wilder in a boxing match? No. But if I have to have the crack open for somebody, for him to beat somebody, it's definitely more on Deontay than it is Tyson Fury. Like, Tyson Fury thing is stupid to me. I'm with you there. I don't think it's stupid. I think that it would make enough money where both guys, it would be worth, 
it'd be worth the fight night for both of them. Um, I mean, he just, you get a fight he, just he, if I told he just obliterated a boxer in Deontay Wilder. It's a dumb thing to do to have Francis Ngannou fight Tyson Fury. Let's be honest. Yeah, but you also are the same guy that think that Conor McGregor didn't show well against Floyd Mayweather when he did he went ten rounds in the fight. He went ten rounds. Congratulations! Oh, he, so he's Murray. the first. He's the first. He's the first guy to get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather in fifteen years. It's a great showing. Yeah, he's also the first UFC fighter to fight the best boxer currently of the generation and go 10 rounds and probably win three, if not four. So say what you will. And by three or four, I mean three or four rounds. Logan Paul went the distance with Floyd Mayweather. Connor couldn't. Yeah, seven years later. And now he wants to fight him him again. This guy. Uh, The segment's called You're Gonna Fight Me. You can see why, because this guy's a donkey. He's Brendan Tobin. I'm Sean Levine. You're locked into the BetQL network. You're going to fight me while we're talking about boxing if I told you that Bud Crawford is the best boxer in the world right now. Uh, no, I'm not going to fight you on that. I think that he is uh, he's deservedly pound for pound number one. Um, although, look, this, this whole him versus Errol Spence thing looks like it's not going great, and I think that that is going to be a huge blow to his legacy, and I think it's going to piss off a lot of boxing fans if they don't fight each other because – they don't have anybody else to fight. There's no excuse for it. There's no promotional excuse for it. Um, and I think they both think of themselves a little bit too much as stars for them to be haggling over money like this because, you know, anything else that they do, I think, is going to have a huge backlash as far as fans not tuning in and not caring for what they do. I was going to ask you about Nate Hamza, but then that last point that you made, what do you think – Let's say Nate loses the fight, which he's expected to. He's like an eight-to-one dog or something like that coming up against Hamzat Jemai. It feels like he's literally being thrown to the wolf. What do you think his end game is here, Nate? I don't think he's going on to be a movie star like Conor McGregor or Donald Cerrone. Do you think it's continuing fighting somewhere else? Do you think he's really trying to fight Jake Paul? Like, what do you think it is if he wants out? I mean, I just assumed he was going to open up a weed farm like Ricky Williams, dude. That's what I thought he was going to do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, I Fair thought that's enough. what the end game is. Although, like, I, you know, that whole Jake Paul thing, like, not coming through. Did you see that Haseem Rockman Jr. held himself a weigh-in, a fake weigh-in, but missed weight? So, what happened there? I mean, you're my boxing guy. Like, what the hell happened? Dude, really I don't happened? even know what happened there. Jake sent us the press release. I was out at a bar called Boonies at the time where it happened. I was, like, looking at it. I was like, what do you mean? You had him, like, wanted to weigh three different weights? Apparently, like, the end of it was apparently they didn't like how his weight was trending. And so, he was basically saying, I can't get down to the 200-pound limit. So, then they moved that to 205. And he, according to them, just said, no, I'm not doing it. But then he is saying, no, they didn't. They they canceled the fight. I said I would do 205. So then later on this week, after the fight's canceled, uh, he kind of pulled it. Remember when Tony Ferguson made weight uh, anyway for the Gaethje fight that was canceled? Sure. Well, he did the same thing in his own gym where he tried to make 205 pounds, but he weighed 207 pounds. So he missed weight on his own fake weigh-in. Weird. All right. So I was driving around the boonies. I was not at boonies, but I was in Kansas somewhere in the boonies and I saw that that fight got canceled. It, it never felt like it was going to go through. And at this point, it feels like Jake Paul, if he wants to keep the interest, better get it right. I mean, it fell through with Tommy Fury. It fell through now with this guy. He had to rematch against Tyron Woodley. Like, unless he gets the right matchup and it actually goes down and it happens within the next like seriously 60 to 90 days i think the interest is just going to wane completely for jake paul my wrong it's going away pretty quick 
I think like look if he gets a Nate Diaz we'll definitely be on board for something like that but I didn't care yeah I didn't care about him fighting a Seam Rockman Jr. who cares I, I I cared about Tommy Fury because I like Love Island great show but uh most people I don't think we're going to be that into it for him beating a real boxer but hey Jamal Hill's happy because the whole show's on him tonight not on Jake Paul speaking of Jamal Hill I think he's one of the five most underrated fighters in the game right now coming up to polish off the show, I'll give you my other four fighters, the method to the madness, and let's get parlay. You're locked into the BetQL Network.